the game is the game. Join me, your host, Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt, as I travel on the journey to meet people from a variety of professions to find out what made them excel in their field. Walk with me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Game is the Game with your host, Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt. Welcome once again, people, for another episode, another edition. Thank you for joining. And as I always say at the start of every single episode, I got another special one lined up for you, people. But before I get into that, before I give you the big intro, let me get through the admin like I always like to do. First things first, how to find the game is the game. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. Look in the description below. Uh, go and add that. Go like that. Go share the pod. Go review the pod. Let your people know. Share it with anybody you think will be interested. And for anybody who's been sending messages, for anybody who's been listening so far, thank you. Um, every little every every little listen helps, you know, and it's all appreciated no matter where you're from, no matter where you live, etc, etc. At the end of this particular audio pod, you'll hear me come back on at the end anyway, giving you all the different links of where you can find everything. So if you're somebody who's like, you know what, be quiet, I'll do that at the end. It's at the end, people. You can do all of that as well. But like I say, another edition, another episode, another special one. What have I got cooking for today's episode. Well, you know how the game is a, how the game is a game goes, you know. We we look at different professions, we look at different careers, we we speak to special people and we try and unpick and understand two things really. How they got to where they got to, but I guess also at the same time the the challenges, the barriers, the choppy waters they had to traverse to get to where they got to. But this one's slightly different. Because with this one, rather than just looking at how this particular individual got to where they got to, I wanted to record this one because it's about social work and being a social worker. And this episode is special to me because with, within my day job as a teacher, I, do, I, I work quite closely with social workers and the social work profession just because the nature of safeguarding around young people you're going to have to and when I introduce my guest in a second what I would say is that I think social is they <laughs> I'm, I'm so intrigued to see what my guest says when I do this I think social work is one of the most misunderstood professions going I think people don't fully understand the workload that social workers have um, and do. I think it's a profession that is probably taken for granted. So it's, it's one of those professions where people are almost, for me, working in the shadows. But if you're a kind of day-to-day layperson, you don't, unless you've ever worked with them, you don't really have any idea how it works, but you know it's something people do. And that's why I wanted to explore it. Because unless you have a particular dealing or have had a dealing with social services, and they can get sometimes quite a bit of a, a kind of bad rep um, because they're doing a difficult job. And I think unless you know someone or unless you've had any dealings, I don't think it's possible for somebody to know just how, how I'm going to say hard, how hard, how hard the job is, how detailed the job is, how time consuming it is, how emotionally taxing it is. But anyways, that's my mon- that's my monologue, people. You know, I love to do that monologue at the start. <laughs> my guest today, my guest today, very special guest, um, is uh, Jordan. And uh, Jordan is on today to kind of take us through that journey, take us through that understanding. And you know, you know, you know how we do on this pod, just have a conversation and deep dive into the profession. Jordan, I tried to give you that big intro, you know, how, <laughs> how you did. What a brilliant intro. I actually loved it. I was just there nodding away. I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah. How are you? I am fine. Thank you so much for for coming on. Um, we've been working away in the background trying to make this one happen. And I must yeah. say, people, actually, let me give let me give the secret away. The person who connected us to is actually my sister. So let me just big her up. Let me yeah, just yeah, get, no, let me get my little big up in. Anybody yeah. who knows my sister. <laughs> she's a force of nature. She's so... awesome. <laughs> I agree. So she was the one who said you must get Jordan on your pod. 
So big up my sister, Rochelle, for making this one happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so Jordan, you know, I you, I said to you before we, before I press record, I don't even know technically. I like I made I made my notes five minutes before I press record uh, yeah. for this particular episode. But the reason why I did, and you and I were chatting about this ultimately, is because this is a conversation. It's not an, it's, this isn't supposed to be an interview, right? This yeah. is a conversation about kind of unpicking the profession and the role and the so on and so forth. So in many ways, I don't even really want to start with a question. Um, Okay. I want you to intro yourself. What would, if you met someone and they were, you were like, hey, George, like you were, you were putting your best foot forward and they were like, what do you do? What would you say? I would say, it's, it's funny because this is often, uh, this is a difficult, even starting here is difficult as a social worker. So I would say, ideally, I would say, hi, my name is Jordan. Um, I'm a social worker and I work with children and families. That is my nutshell spill. And yeah. that usually is enough to give the person a flavor of what I do um, without asking any more questions. Um, because as you said so rightfully in your um, introduction, I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about social work. Um, I think there's a lot of criticisms um, and difficulties surrounding how people view social workers. So when I say my little nut, nutshell like spiel, that usually is 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 enough. Um, but just to give it a bit more words. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a social worker. I work in a safeguarding well I have worked in long-term safeguarding teams um supporting children on child in need and child protection plans um and I'm currently working as a family court advisor with families who are going through private um proceedings so that's the the longer nutshell spill you see you've already started with terminology and words that the average person already isn't going to understand child in need and no I think people would understand that child protection is something serious but they, uh, yeah. they, might, they might they might not understand necessarily the kind of minutiae of what a child in need and a child protection plan is and and so on and so forth. But before we even go there, um, yeah. that answer that you gave about my name's George and I, I work with children and families, etc. Would it be fair, and by all means say no if I've got it wrong, would it be fair that you some you would almost say that as a way to not have to continue the conversation? Um, a hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent. You're on to me. A hundred percent. Um, and that's fruit. You know, I've been, I've been, well, the, the game is a game. I've been in the game for a long time and mm. I've, I've, you know, I've experienced the telling somebody that I'm a social worker and like experience an absolute look of disgust mm-hmm. or, <laughs> or somebody responding with, um, Oh, so you take away people's children mm-hmm. um, or somebody, I was at a bar once and this guy, well, we're going to go into story times, but I was at a bar once and this guy, I think I was talking to my friend just about my days. So I was like, oh, this has happened. This has happened. Blah, blah, blah. This guy standing with me, kind of like with back to me ordering drinks. He turned around. He was like, you're a social worker. Oh my gosh. My family were ruined by social workers and went into his whole life story mm-hmm. and all I could say to him was like sir like I'm sorry that's your experience um but it's 8 p.m on a Saturday on a Friday night can we uh maybe not have this conversation here um so I understand the term social worker gives people uh it, it, it's it's an emotive term and yeah. so for a long for a long time I would I would say yeah I work I work in social care I work with children and families and I feel like other other social workers understand that and and it's enough for most people to understand what I do. Yeah, because I mean fundamentally the the word the phrase the the profession the job it comes with a stigma and that's why like I said at the at the intro I think that comes through a lack of understanding personally yeah. right so yeah. It, so as a teacher, if I say to somebody, I'm a teacher or I work with, I work in education, whatever it is that I say, I can't remember what I say. Um, yeah. Everybody has an opinion on teaching because everybody went to school. 
So yes. that's why yeah. I almost don't like having the conversations about working in teaching because everyone's got some, everyone immediately goes to whatever their childhood memory is and that informs effectively yeah. their opinion and conversation with you. Okay. With social workers, I don't think that's what happens for some, or well, for most people. I think what happens is the perception of the job I don't even know who shaped it. Let's just blame media. But the perception of the job has been yeah. so entrenched. Yeah. That I don't think it's possible for somebody to meet someone who works in social care and have a positive conversation. No, <laughs> and, no, no. And I, that, sounds I harsh. Say, that sounds harsh. Do you get where I'm coming from? But 100%. And, and the media has a big role to play in that. Um and I've had this discussion, quite a few of my friends are teachers. Um, I noticed that I don't say, I'm very like vigilant of who I'm around and, and what I'm, you know, doing where I, you know, say that I'm a social worker. And I think there's always, it, it's a similar, it's a similar response. But I think in most cases, people have had a teacher, but have had a good teacher. Mm. <laughs> In most in most cases, people draw on their childhood experiences and will but can recall a good teacher. Right. Uh, do you see what I mean? And yeah. so, as much as there may be a negative experience, there may also be an equally positive one. So mm. there's not the same kind of negative response. I think with social work, because we're working in safeguarding, which means we're working with families at difficult times. I think. That's what the memory, that's what the memory raises. Do you see what mm. I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's very hard, you're 100% right. It's very hard for people to consider the positives that social workers do because the people who maybe are most vocal about having social care involved haven't ha maybe haven't had a good experience. Mm -hmm. And the media mm -hmm. will um the media will focus in on the really drastic and negative kind of social situations in which a, a social worker is present um so it's really hard <laughs> so it's really hard yeah and let's go with that it's really hard so this begs the question right and this is a question that everyone listening will will have wanted me to ask from the beginning probably yeah but actually no actually let me save the part let me go part a part b part a okay why did you get into it mm. Do you know what? My mum my mom was, until very recently, a foster carer. Um, mm. She fostered for about 18 years. Um, and she... So I was used to social workers. Yeah. And to me, you know, because um, there's different types of social workers. So as a foster carer, you have a supervising social worker. And then the children who are in your care will have their own social worker. Yeah. So yeah. it was very kind of normal and and um, common that there'll be a social worker in my house or, you know, having a chat with me, checking in with me, seeing how I am, or my mum's having on the phone having a chat with a social worker. I didn't associate negativity with social workers. I, I associated, um, I think, productivity mm. with social workers or just a, a, another profession. Um so it just kind of, and you know how these things happen. You know, I went to uni. I didn't necessarily think I was going to be a social worker. I, I wanted to be in media, PR and, and marketing was what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, although I did a degree in history, whatever. So, you know, I was just, I was just out here looking yeah. around, figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, and then went into, got a, got a PR job straight out of uni, um, did it for about a month and was like, this is not, me this is not a bit of me I don't really like what's going on here this mm. is not exciting me um I don't even know managed to get hold of a, a mentor who um worked in I can't remember what she worked in um and she was like oh my husband's a social worker you'd be a great social worker mm. um let's look at some social work courses and just so happened this new social work course had, had just sprung up I applied got on and two three years later I was a social worker so that's the the nutshell journey into into how social work happened um but it wasn't a huge it, it was it, it felt really normal for me because oh I know what social workers do that makes sense let me I could probably do that let's try that um and that was I don't know eight years ago eight years ago I'm getting old a bit getting old aren't I um that's eight to ten years ago yeah so then you you've 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 made a a You've kind of indicated at it, but let's 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 delve into that a bit more. The how. So 
is is it just going so was that course through uni or was it through like how 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 do you actually become one yeah that's a great question so the traditional route uh, to become a social worker is going to uni to study um, social work and then doing a master's um, in, in social work. Well, not everyone does a master's, but you need to do it. Well, now I think you need to do a master's into social work. Um, a, a local authority, so that's, you know, you know the Lambeths, the Southwarks, yep. the, the Camdens, will have newly qualified social worker roles in which they'll also train, which they can train you um well, well, no, you qualify in a, a local authority, then you go into um, a local authority and they will train you so that you have the experience as well. And then you finish your newly qualified social work year and then you're a fully fledged social worker. So that's the traditional way, like a, a degree, a master's, a first year, and then you're 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 in. Um, then you Yeah, then you're in, then you're in a local authority and you train. I did a, a different course. So I did a new... Um, almost like a second, a, a plan B route, um, a second route into it, where, uh, and it, it was quite controversial at the time, but you do, oh gosh, six weeks intense training, as in like a, a social work training retreat. You're like, you're yeah. away with a hundred people, you're learning social work day and night, it feels like, um, and then you are put into a local authority <laughs> and you learn on the yeah. job. Yeah, that sounds like um, teach first in teaching where you it's basically... It's the social work yeah. version. Oh, okay, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a social work version of teach first. And um, it's called Frontline. People should check it out. Um, and it was quite controversial because I think a lot of social workers who qualified before... Um, felt very strongly that you can't learn to be a social worker in, in six weeks. And I, I agree, you can't. Um, but the fact that after the six weeks, you're you're in a local authority, obviously you're not a social worker, but you're an assistant social worker and you're, you're working alongside other qualified social workers on cases, you're learning on, on the job effectively in the, in the safest way that you can. Um, it's really, it, it really kind of uh, prepares you for the role. And then after your first year you you know do your do your um, exams and whatnot and you become you can get a, a diploma in social work um, and then there was an option also to do a master's um, which I did so it's a shorter process but maybe a more intense process so then when you qualified now obviously you took that route the frontline route but when you qualified to so how many years we say now how many years in the game 10 did you say I think it's 10 you know I don't even count I want to say I want to say eight to feel younger but I think it's 10 when did I qualify <laughs> yeah uh, let's say let's say 10 let's say nice okay, round. We'll, we'll round it up to 10 right you're 10 years in now and again there's so many parallels I draw with teaching with this but at what point now everyone's different obviously but at what mm. point in the 10 years did you get to a point where you're like the the every day not being the same notwithstanding because of course anything can happen right but at what point in your development did you think to yourself I'm I'm nearly there like I'm nearly secure in every aspect of or I am there even I'm secure in every aspect of what this particular profession can throw at me or do you think it's a profession that is evolving so often that you can never really say I got this I don't think social work is a profession where you can say you've got this mm. and I think if you do if you are a social worker and you think that you absolutely have this this is this is not easy but this is fine yeah I would suggest I would suggest you do some reflections and have some supervision around that because the thing about social work and, and, we, and we we say you know every day is different um but every family is different yes. and so when you think that you have you know oh I really understand uh I really understand the, the indicators of domestic abuse now yep cool I've got that you'll then get a, a referral for a new family and you'll think what's going on here this yeah. is not doesn't look like you know family a mm. um 
who are experiencing domestic abuse, but this is domestic abuse and it's a completely different type. It looks completely different. The demographics mm. of the family are different and you have to learn it again. Mm. So you're constantly evolving and learning and you shouldn't, you shouldn't get to a space where you think that you, you know it all because if you're, if you're, if you are at a space where you think you know it all, um, then that would suggest to me that you're not, you're not being curious. Um, this role is about being, um, neutral and curious and respectful at all the t- at all times um so you can never really think that you you you've got it which puts you which means that um as I say that out loud which means that I've been in a, a space of kind of uncertain certainty I think we call it mm. um for about yeah eight to ten years because you can never you can never think you've got it down you can only be curious Okay, brilliant. And can you, great answer because now I come with the I'm coming with the heavy duty questions now, right? Okay, yeah. So let's take it a bit. Oh no, no. So <laughs> I see your mind. Let me, let me tread carefully, though. So yes, um, because of the nature of roles that I've worked in within education, yes. there have mm. been times in my profession where I have been much closer from an education perspective, granted, Mm. but Mm. much closer to the kind of deep inner workings of Mm. social work. There's been years where I've been much closer than others. So I'm talking about going to regular child protection case conferences, um, working with a family where, so the social workers working properly with the family, but we're kind of working with them as well because the child comes to school. So you mm-hmm. kind of, by default, in liaising with the social worker, have a proper insight to what's going what's on, going if you see what I mean, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, there was a time, we don't need to go into any details, of course, but there was a time when I was properly working in safeguarding where mm. it it got on top is the only mm. way I could say it, right? It, it it got on top, working with countless numbers of families who would have had social workers attached to them. So obviously I'm dealing with social workers on an essentially daily basis with the myriad of families and so on and so forth. And what I found difficult is at mm. some point in all of that, I think I got burnt out. Oh, right? yeah. And, yeah. and this is weird because I'm talking to you as if I was a social worker. I wasn't. But from the education standpoint and working yeah. so closely, I felt like the the emotional turmoil. Yeah. Yeah. Almost got like I found it. I found it hard. I've, I'm good at it now. But at that time I'm describing to you, I found it hard to separate work from life. Because mm. it was just so consuming and it felt, it or rather it felt so consuming. So mm. I'm going to go down two different angles, but let me pause there first and say, and because again, I'm mindful that people who listen to this possibly, probably don't know about actually how social work uh, and services works, right? Yeah. Does supervision prevent that happening? Now we're talking about you as a social worker and social workers in general. Does supervision prevent that happening? Because when I look back at my experience, we don't have supervision in school. In fact, it's Mm. only something recently that I, for the first time, experienced the actual notion of supervision. Because Mm. I think what is commonality and maybe social work is now starting to come across into schools with Mm. those who work closely in safeguarding. But I guess my question to you, sorry, was does supervision prevent it becoming all-consuming or or can it just become all-consuming regard? Like, is, is it... Like how helpful is supervision? Yeah, like, basically, does it just come with the territory that you just have to accept that, well, boy, sometimes it's just going to get on top? I... Do you know what? I think that... Hmm, supervision is absolutely helpful. So I... I so, okay... Sorry, just explain, by the way. I'm going to let you explain because people who are listening might not even know what we're talking about, you know. Yeah, what is supervision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. So um, su- supervision is helpful. Supervision is is 
um, a, a set time, like a diarized time where you have a moment or a meeting with your manager or your, your supervisor to discuss your cases, you know, the families that you work with, to go through it and to be able to reflect um, on the work that you're doing and, and the impact that work may be having on you. Um, mm. That's the definition of that. Um, and this role 100% needs it. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of break down my journey a slightly, slightly more. I should have done so before, but, mm. you know, I, I spent the first five years, four to five years working, you know, in local authority and, mm. and, and in long-term safeguarding teams. So that means that I was working with families on, you know, things that have escalated. So we're now working with families on child in need plans, which are voluntary and child protection plans, which are uh, statutory. So, mm. you know, concerns have gotten really high. So those are the sort of two, two routes. And obviously the, the, the higher plan above the child protection plan is, is um, uh, public law, you know, court proceedings, um, which, which not many, well, which, which sometimes have um, things escalate to. So, so the, I was working in, in those teams, which means that you could have a family for six months, mm-hmm. a year. Um, if you take them from, in the, the local authorities I worked for, you could take them from the, the beginning initial assessment, you know, into all the way to the, to the top end if things escalate and, and aren't able to be sorted out. So it's a long time that you have a family. Mm. Um, and, then, and then you have a caseload of, of 30 children. So you, yeah. you could all at varying levels of risk and concern, you know, some are on plans, some are on child protection plans, some are on child and need plans, some are in court, some are, it, all, everything's happening. And you're balancing all of those families, the risk, firefighting a few issues that will come up every so often, considering mm. whether you need to go to court, thinking about what support the family needs, engaging with you know, trying to get someone to engage, someone not engage in other organizations, all of this is going on. You mm. absolutely need supervision. Yes. However, the nature of the job, and this is where my, I guess my skeptical hat goes on. At some point, I also think you need, you need a break from it. Right. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> all the supervision in the world. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that stops. I don't think it could stop burnout because right. the nature of the role is is so emotionally exhausting mm. that I don't think a, a meeting, you know, once a month is able to stop burnout. It may mm. it may slow it down. It may make the role more manageable. And don't get me wrong, I had regular supervision. I had brilliant managers mm. in my. I don't, you know, hear some social workers with with horror stories about their managers I my managers when I've worked in local authorities have been absolutely brilliant and mm. there's not one manager that I've had who I didn't think was was brilliant if I bump into one of them now we're having chats on on the street with like yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really skilled practitioners great people all the supervision with those with them isn't gonna isn't gonna stop burnout mm. um and I burnt out from my first role after yeah four to five years but yeah. just just burnt out. I was having supervision. I was probably not taking as much time off as I should have. Mm. Um, maybe didn't utilize my annual leave as much as I should have. But yeah, to the point where one day <laughs> I walked into my manager's room. She was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she was like, "Don't do it." I was like, "I resign. Like I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> it's enough." <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm done, aren't I? I'm done. Yeah. It's done. We've we've gotten to a stage where it's done. Um, no, like no job, no job lined up. No, I'm mm. off. Yeah, I'm off. Here's my resignation. I'll work my. I'm working my last what six weeks or, my, or whatever, however long it is, and I'm going because yeah. I, I've done everything I can do here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Again, we we given the nature of what we're talking about, we can we can't go into any real real details. But do you remember the first time? I always say it's the first time, but it might not be. If actually, if it's not the first time, whenever it was, do you remember? Yeah. yeah so the first time, sorry. Do you remember the 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 the, the first time you had a case where it? I'm trying, you had a case where 
you you just struggled not struggled as in to deal with it but struggled to get your yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay, go on. If, if in fact the answer is yes, because I'm trying to think of the most diplomatic way to word this question, but you know what I'm talking about. How did you cope when you got when you had that first one where it was like, this is actually affecting me? Because you can have all the training in the world, you yeah. can read all the books you want to read, and then you have that one case. And this is yeah. what I had in school, and that's when I knew I was done, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. because in school you're not dealing with it on a regular regular basis but when we had when I had that one time where it was like you know what I think this mm -hmm. has finished me <laughs> so um, and it's not I'm laughing because I'm just it's, it's odd how it happened but yeah yeah, what, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. what happened for you the first time when you're like whoa whoa this is this is oh like this yeah. is actually what people have told me might actually happen yeah 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 um Yes, 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 and yes. Um, I, oh my gosh. And you know what? I, I really, I, it's funny because you think about, there's certain families who you work with and I'm, I know, so if you know, don't take your work home with you. Yeah, okay, whatever. There's certain families I think about and I haven't worked in local authority for a, a, a few years now. Um, but I will always remember this family and I, um, I worked with them. And just, sorry, just to go back to what you said also, that's another reason why I think the 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 frontline um, social work I course I did was so significant and and actually is so good is because you learn on the job. There's only so much you can do mm. with books, and I think yeah. social work. Yeah. And I get it. Obviously, I understand the theory. I need to know about you know um, I'm systemically trained, so so you know I can look at systems in a particular way. I'm um, you know attachment child development understanding each safeguarding risk and the details of that I absolutely you know the books the, the the knowledge part of it is absolutely vital but there's something about sitting down you know you've intense you've, you've trained intensely you sit down with your manager and your manager says right this case is is part allocated to you because you're not qualified yet but yeah. it's part allocated to you you know there's a there's a 14 year old and a, a, a 12 year old uh the 12 year old is self-harming the the 14 year old is 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 um i should probably say trigger warning the 14 year old is is um constantly truant mum has all the health needs and cannot support the children there's no dad um the the, the 14 year old overdosed and as and is in hospital right now um what's the plan right right because now, yeah. right, see, yeah, it's yeah. right, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because okay. the books and yeah. the lecture is one thing. Yeah. But Jordan, what's the plan? Um, hmm. And it's that. And it's that experience which is so vital to being able to 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 work with, with families and complex families in a skilled way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I give that little kind of description that is, is similar to the family that I worked with. I worked with them as a student. So I worked with um, them. So it was a, they're a bit older, actually. I think she, she was, uh, I think 13, I think he was 15. Um, she, she had long history of, of self-harming um, and overdosing. He had, un we had I, I maybe undiagnosed learning needs. Mm. Um severe self-harm mum was not able to help she had um a lot of health needs and was housebound these kids were just out outside yeah outside yeah outside. they were outside and really really difficult mental health couldn't sustain education couldn't sustain couldn't sustain yeah um and I got this case as a student <laughs> I was like okay cool <laughs> yes this is what I got into social work for and you know what worked with them um, on a on a plan and got them to uh got them into both of them into educational provisions mm, and mm. settled down got the the mental the um self-harming uh, stopped there was still there was like some drug there's still a bit of drug use but the self-harming mm. stopped B baby steps we're doing baby yeah. steps yeah of course yeah um, the you know we got a cleaner the house obviously was was was, I say obviously, but the house was was neglected. These children were were neglected. Mm. Um, got their house 
cleaned up a bit, got the just started things were moving. Yeah. Um, and then there was a, a, a tragedy. Then there was yeah. a tragedy in the family. And it just all you see all the work that you've done and you see the bricks come crumbling down. Yeah. And and this family, I worked with them for I think throughout my whole time I was in a local authority, so for about four or five years. Mm. And at the end, um, we managed to get the daughter into a uh a, a, a placement and I think she she did something to um to jeopardize the placement like either she was violent or she 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 set something on fire she did something and I just yeah. thought I can't like it's been four years and yeah. we we where these children are so damaged and are yeah. struggling so much that actually there's not anything more that I can do. Mm. Um, and that was one of the, that was one of the, the cases and one of the families that I worked with and who, you know, if I saw them now, I would absolutely stop and have a chat with them. Mm. I wish them the best. I think about them regularly, but mm. that's one, those are one of the, that's one of the families who I was like, do you know what? I need to, I need a break. I need to step back from this because this is so emotionally taxing and challenging. I, Yeah. It's it's a lot. It's 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 too much. Um, and then again, but you're working with these two children, and then you have twenty eight others. Exactly so, right. <laughs> and that's the high end. I mean, I'll say I'll say that you know, they, lo- like local authorities often will try to keep the numbers down, and there's been a lot of there's a there's a lot of um, work around making sure that social workers have manageable caseloads. So let me just let's say, let's say twenty five. Um, but but at the top end of things, when things were crazy, we're looking at about thirty children. But you know. <laughs> you know, thirties a thirties a lot, you know. Thirties a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It is. You're saying you're, you're saying that like that's just normal settings, and it is. I get it. It's obviously the normal mm. settings, but because I'm mindful of the complexity of needs in just five families, let alone children. Sorry, let alone thirty. Like, boy. Um, the thing is, so, though, yeah. at the time, and when you're when you're working with thirty children, it's about how it's about how you manage yourself and about how you manage your your. Well, it's about how you manage it in your mind because I, I'm I'm if I'm working with thirty children, I know. I know that I know that there's let's say there's ten of these kids, you know, maybe four families, ten of these kids, and they're all on child protection. Those are the ones who the the the, the phone rings. You're, you're dropping everything to right, answer the yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Then you've got the ones who they're doing work in the background. You know, you you know what's happening with them. You know, they're on a, a child in need plan, so they're they maybe they're engaging more. They're they're receptive to the work. And you're thinking, okay, we're working on an exit strategy for you guys. So you're constantly, it's almost like you're constantly monitoring all of all of them. And and mm. as much, and so I'm not going to discredit it because 30 is a lot, but you are constantly working with all of them and constantly kind of monitoring the progress they're making and, and right, this is good. Next month, we're going to start working towards closing your case because that's, yeah. that's the aim. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's the aim. We don't. I know. Obviously, people have misconceptions of, of social workers who are just here to just, you know, remove the, your children. Like that's not a, a, the hardest thing to do, mm. um, as it should be. Um, but actually, the aim is that families don't need you. And yeah. I say to families all the time. I would say to families all the time. The aim is that you not get to a stage where you don't need me or us to be involved. That's mm. what, what we're all working towards. That aim, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's the aim of this game, and and most families, most families get it. Most understand that. Um, I would, I would assume that somebody's waiting for me to ask this question. So let me just get out of the way. So, um, how often have you been cursed out in the job? <laughs> do you know what the family that I just spoke about the one who I was like, I can't, I can't do this. The first meeting I um went, the first time I had to. You know, you know, like in the in the I always think of like EastEnders or something or like a, a a show, and there's a social worker who's like come to knock on the door, like you know how people are. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, well, let me just let me just say, I mean, that does happen. They're not usually in a suit. Like the shows make it seem so. Uh, um, <laughs> this social worker rocks up in like a 
a blue like next suit and a briefcase and there's a lawyer and we're taking the kids up no 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 let's say you know 98% of the time it is not that and if if a social if a social worker rocks up with a lawyer and a policeman something has gone wrong yeah something has gone wrong in that house yeah right um, but that is, that is not the that ninety five percent of the time that is absolutely not it. Mm. Um, but the family I just spoke about, they the first time I knocked on their door, they threatened to set the dog on me, and they've got a massive dog, massive, and you can hear the dog barking. I said, not today. It's not me. <laughs> I said, listen, the South London came out real quick. I said, listen, put the put the dog put the dog in the room. <laughs> put the dog in the room and close the door. We're not doing that. We're not doing that today. You know, and again, I read my books. I've been to lectures. No one t- no one tells you in a book how to deal with someone behind, you know, a, a 13, 14 year old South London teenager telling you, move from my door or my set dog on you. No, you're not. I promise you, you're not. I promise you, you're not. Not today. I'm just here to have a chat with you. Um, but we and you know what? For the years I worked with her, she always we all, she would bust jokes about that. Remember when I said dog, almost said dog on you? Oh, okay, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, we can laugh about it now, but <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I've been, I'm, but I haven't been cussed out as much as I think people would would assume. I think if you come. I think how you present, I think how you present and how you come, I don't wear, I'm very, I, I'm not, probably a bit scruffy to be honest, like I don't look like I'm coming, like you would expect a, a social worker, how it's depicted in on in Tesco's or Coronation Street, mm. Tesco's on EastEnders or Coronation Street to like rock up, so people usually like, who who are you, do I show mm. my badge? Yeah. Um, and I and I think it's how you, I think it's how you have the conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've come from this, you know, this is what's happened. Did no one call you and tell you I was coming? Oh, okay. Well, sorry about that. Like, this is what's happened. I was hoping to have a chat with you. Are you not available now? Okay, don't worry. I can tell you're frustrated. Let's exchange details. Come, when can I come back and see you? Like, do you see what I mean? Yeah. And it's that. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I've passed out a few times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But not as many as people thought, think. At the top of the show, <clears throat> yeah. you spoke about, because we spent quite a lot of time talking about effectively when you were what I would say really on the front line of it all but you said at the top and um, I need you to re-clarify so now you're working do you say within the court system yeah so so I no longer do frontline local authority work so now I work um with cases with families who are in private law proceedings so that means that the family themselves have applied for a, a court order um, usually around child arrangements, you know, wanting to spend time with a child or oh, right, wanting yeah. to formalize child arrangements in a private law setting. So different, different. So that when we're, we're obviously still dealing with safeguarding um, concerns and and that sort of thing, but we're we're more so dealing with uh, trying to support your, like families who maybe have separated to create formalized arrangements around child around child. Um, arrangements with the with your angle being the focus of what's best for the child I'm assuming absolutely always right. yeah yeah so with because I, I I don't want people to kind of get into the oh well you know Jordan's told us all about the front line so that sounds relatively easy and straightforward but what would be some of the what would be some of the I don't want to say pitfalls but what would be some of the things that people wouldn't really understand can be some of the difficulties within the new stuff that you do because everyone can kind everyone can kind of fix uh, everyone can kind of pivot to oh well that can happen when you're on the front line but what can happen what are some of the complexities I should say working in 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 your new role so in private law proceedings, the complexities are around relationships, um, I think. So so let's just give an example. So, you know, a case comes to court, you know, uh, dad has applied to court for a court order to spend time with little Johnny because mum has stopped contact. Um, and so in that, fine, the judge, you know, and so then both parents may raise safeguarding concerns. Mother might say that there was domestic abuse, you know, um, perpetrated by father. There was substance misuse from a concern about his alcohol. Um, 
you know, I'm not sure about how we can parent, stuff like that. Um, Father usually mostly will deny that and raise a few concerns of his own. Um, So the biggest difficult, the difficulty, and so my role as a family court advisor would be to speak to both parents Mm. and the child and to figure out what's going on because it's not clear what's happening. And then to write a report which can make recommendations to the court to help them make safe directions for this child. Because a one... A one-hour court hearing, the judge is looking at both of you saying, I don't know, what's going on here? It's yeah. not clear. It's mm. not clear. So my role is really to provide some clarity and to assist the court. Um, the difficult situ- the difficult thing is the relationship. Yeah. Um, people, I, I mean, I'm less, I don't want to even start a whole new podcast our relationships are hard and people struggle with them um and people you know maybe they're they're in court because they're talking about little johnny spending time with dad on a saturday or a sunday but actually you're talking about pride you're talking about mistrust you're Mm. talking about the relationship breaking down you're talking about how everyone everybody feels disrespected you're talking about someone so on so and so's the the lack of of parent the the difference in parenting style there's so much that's gone on and when i interview the parents and the and not the not so much the child i oh, well i see the child every time but it's not an interview it's more so gathering that child's wishes and feelings but when i speak to the parents i say so when you guys got together did you not discuss any of this hmm was there a discussion about how you were going to raise children? Yeah. Did you discuss what might happen if the relationship ended? Um, did you discuss, you know, what religion you were going to raise children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have these discussions? And everyone's yeah. looking at me in my eye because no one has. Yeah. So it's about, you know, and, and the relationship's broken down and in a def- in a difficult way. So all of these emotions are unresolved and yeah. we're in court. Mm. And poor little Johnny's in the middle. So that's the complexity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, so, um, uh, I've got 30 kids. So, so again, so, <laughs> so that's 30, 30 kids again. <laughs> so just yeah. so I understand, would like in some of your cases, for example, would recommendations be things like such and such parent or maybe both parents? Can you, for example, recommend something like they've got to go and have therapy or... Oh, I can suggest or... it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So that might be, yeah, that it might be a recommendation that you make. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I understand. In and things... not to therapize everybody. Mm. Um, but I think, I think um, co-parenting therapy, individual mm. therapy is, is an absolute must. Mm. And if a relationship breaks down, co-parenting therapy is an absolute must. Mm. It's an mm. absolute must because you just see that the ways that unresolved issues yeah come up mm. and you see that parents sometimes lose sight of their child because right. these unresolved things are so so prevalent yeah um and then you then and that's when you hear of the cases that are in court for years mm. because everything's coming up and playing out yeah. um yeah, I can recommend stuff like that. I can I can recommend to the court, you know, uh, what I think the arrangement should be, you know. Right, yeah. um, so so it's 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 a different type of it's a different type of hard to working in a local authority. But working with human beings, working with families and children, it's always going to be complex, isn't it? Of course. So mm-hmm. listen, it's been a <laughs> and actually, people listening to this, you should know that <laughs> people think I'm lying when I say this. Jordan and I don't know each other, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyone listening to this thinking oh i'm actually just talking to his friend listen this is the first time we're properly talking (laughs) (laughs) but um but looking at um i did say to you that when i start to see what the time is because you and i could easily go for the next hour but let me try and let me try bring this one to a close of sorts Mm. and it's something that i said to you before I pressed record and I kind of now want to try and delve into it. Okay. And you can take this however you take, interpret this however you want. Okay. I've written down here. What do you wish? Let me, let me rephrase it. Yeah. What do yeah. you, 
what do you wish could be changed about social work? I'm also going to add to that. Hmm. What do you wish people knew about social work that they probably don't? So I guess, I guess in a roundabout way, what I'm saying is if you yeah. can think of a utopia where social work still went on and everyone recognized it and valued it for what it was, how would that look? How would that manifest? Um, well, it wouldn't actually. I think if I had a sorry, I just to absolutely pull your question apart. Um, if I had a wish for social work, it, my wish would be that social workers didn't exist, and social work doesn't exist because mm. people would people would have children and, and care for them well. Do you see mm. what I mean? People yeah, would of have course. Yeah, and would consider all aspects and and all scenarios before having a relationship and bringing children into the, into the world. And we would have minimal need for a social worker, um, which is why I think sometimes, which is why I think parents let me kind of work with them uh, so long and let me work with them for, you know, in, in an in-depth way, because they're like, well, we don't want a social worker. Well, I don't want to, I don't, I, it's sad that I'm here. Yeah. I agree. Mm. <laughs> you don't want a social worker in your family. I agree with you, but you mm. have one, but things are falling apart. Um, yeah. So in an ideal world, it would be that social workers didn't exist because people communicated, people people were better at relationships, and they didn't make decisions that damaged their children. Um, I think that, oh, you, your first part, there was the first part of your question. Um, Do you know what? Forget what I said to the first part, because now I've got a way to catch you out. Fine. Let, let's say, let's say, Six months from now or five months from now, the government suddenly turned around and went, here's 35 million to uh, children's social care or social care in general. Uh, we, got, mm. we have to remember there's adult social care, but uh, here's 35 million um, to social services or social care. If you are in charge of dispensing that money, what would you be spending it on? I would create... Um... I th well, we we kind of have it already, like early help systems, or or yeah. you know what I would create? Yeah, no, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? Love. I would yeah. go. I would take it all the way back, and I would make there be mandatory, <laughs> mandatory like relationship classes, or almost like a, a, a extended. PSHE or, or, or yeah, whatever yeah, it is yeah. in schools now for mm. te for teens and for young adults, mm. and I think catch catch people when they're younger before they're well. I mean, young young people have children, but you know before most are having children and and while they're still in their formative years and while before they're they're embarking on serious relationships and have real discussions about what a relationship about. Firstly learning who you are individually individually mm. yeah get, getting that therapy or self-understanding um learning what relationships are and what they entail mm -hmm. and and going into what it is to be a parent right and decision making around parenthood and i think if we got more younger people because people just kind of i, I found and what i've learned from this job that people just kind of fall i'm not a parent mm. um but people just kind of fall into parenthood. And right. it's such a huge, yeah. it's a huge thing. And I, and I just wonder if there was more done to explore parenthood and how that may impact your life and what might happen if the relationship fails or breaks down, you know, what, what, what would you do in these, like just more exploration. I just wonder mm. if people would take more time to think about their decisions. Um, and then hopefully less children come to the notice of children's services. I think it's about prevention. Yeah. Do you know what? I've never actually, that might, that might be more because of who I haven't been speaking to, but I've never actually heard anyone say that before. But, <laughs> that, that the answer, well, hmm. a lot of things lay in school, but that the answer can be, yeah, preventing it before people even have to, yeah, have to deal with the have to yeah preventing it before people have to deal with the consequences of their actions and then That's carrying exactly. their carrying carrying their kind of on like <laughs> as mm. we report look at look at 
uh, Prince <laughs> Harry. Look at Prince Harry. My oh. man's written. My man's written a book after probably after going to therapy, addressing all of these unmet kind of issues that he had and so on and so forth. And I, re I read somebody tweet the other day saying all that's really happened with Harry's book is he's now probably had therapy. So now he's saying what he's saying. And everyone who's angry with him is because they haven't had therapy. But if everyone, had, if everyone has had therapy, <laughs> then, then we might not be in this situation. So. 100%. Honestly, 100%. I think if people... Oh, this is going to sound maybe a bit controversial. I think if people... If everybody had therapy... So if we therapized everybody, so, so if that 35 million, I said, well, everybody has to have six sessions of, of mandatory therapy with a brilliant therapist, mm. not, a, not, you know, a, a, a soft one. We need a, a proper therapist that's going to get into the nooks and crannies. A lot of relationships would never have started. Mm. And a lot of relationships would end. And a lot of people wouldn't be parents. <laughs> well, you're trying to match up this podcast, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. But a lot of people would have made different decisions about parenthood. That's people can fight me on that. Give them my act, slide in my DM, let me know. But I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if everybody had therapy, decision making would be different, and that's it. That that is that is it. It would be different. Listen. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm looking at my piece of paper like, boy, should I say anything? But do you know what? Do you know what? I'm actually deliberately going to end it there because I don't think, even if, even if I carried on, I don't think we could get a better kind of wrap-up set of phrases to, to, end, to, to end the conversation. And, and I deliberately want to end it there, people, because for those listening, because I think that's challenging you. What Jordan's done there right at the end is challenging you to to think about that, actually. And if you're angry, don't at me, at her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm about to give out, I'm about to give out Jordan's at right now. So Jordan, as I, as I bring this one to an end, first things first, thank you so much um, for coming on The Game is the Game. Oh, Listen, I didn't, I truly didn't know how this was going to play out. All I knew when I set this up was, my sister wouldn't recommend talking to you unless you were somebody worth talking to. So I knew it was going to be cool, but I didn't know exactly how it was going to play out because you're the first person I've spoken to on this pod who I actually don't know. Every other guest, I've got some kind of relationship with in some way. And in okay. many ways, this almost has been the best pod because we've been able to just chop it up. Definitely. Chop it up and just have a conversation. But listen, there'll be people listening who'll be like, where can I find, where can I find Jordan? This is your chance. Let them... Let them know all about you, where to find you, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, I'm on Instagram at Josh Jordan, and you're spelling Jordan with an E, J-O-R-D-E-N. And I'm also on TikTok at Josh Jordan 23. Um, and that's where I am. I, I spend far too much time on social media. So I'm I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok a lot. So that's where I am. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm up for the chat about it, to be honest. I'm up for the chat about what I've said. Um, I've just experienced so much and I, I just, <laughs> you have to argue with me. You have to argue <laughs> to get me to change my mind because I know what I know. I know what <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. And, and, and listen, people, like every other guest that's come on before, um, obviously in each episode, we've looked at a different profession um, or issue, whatever it might be. Should you be somebody listening to this who either, actually somebody who's listening to this who may be thinking about, I want to get into social yeah. care work please do get in touch with Jordan. Hopefully she'll be able to like guide you in the right direction or have the right conversations, et cetera, before you jump in feet first without knowing what exactly it is. And if you're somebody mm -hmm. who's listening to this because you just wanted to know a bit more, hopefully you've got a lot of answers um, from that as well. I'm not on TikTok, but um, I might create an account just to see what Jordan's getting up to on TikTok. <laughs> so, so, so for those for those of you who are on TikTok, try add Jordan there as well. But um, listen, people, as ever, thank you very much for joining us on The Game is the Game. I hope you've enjoyed that illuminating conversation. Enough gems were dropped by Jordan. And uh, like I say, look in the description below, whatever medium you're listening to this on, whatever uh, pod app, Look in the description below and I'll put all the links to where you can find Jordan, etc. And as I say goodbye, you'll hear where you can find everything you want to hear about the game is the game. Thank you as ever, people. And Bye. good night.
Thank you for listening to The Game is the Game with Michelle St. Patrick Hewitt. If you enjoyed that episode and you'd like to find out more about the work I do, you can head to linktr.ee forward slash mashstpaddy. If you'd like to find me on Twitter, you can find me at mashstpaddy. And if you'd just like to email me about anything you're interested in or that episode made you think about or anything in particular, you can email me at mstpatrick at gmail.com.